0: Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hill Head on the web. It's great to see everyone. Do you want to give a wave to everybody? Morning, everyone. Um, it's lovely to see so many folk joining us again from all around the place. Um, particularly, I think it's Janet and Roger, best parents, are with us. Lovely to see you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> um, and I see Nola is here this morning. Great to see you, Nola, for the first time since we started meeting in this way Uh, and I see Orkney's tuning in again as well as North Carolina, all good stuff. And we'll be hearing uh, one of the readings from North Carolina later on unless something goes wrong uh, with our uh, communications. Our service will be led this morning by our Minister Katrina and other familiar voices from our congregation. And once again, if you've got that order of service that I sent out uh, earlier in the week, It's useful to have it by you just to follow the service, but it's not necessary, so don't worry if you don't have it, you'll still be able to follow uh, through our Pan Sunday worship. You will notice, though, that we're going to celebrate communion together, so please have something nearby to eat and drink when we get to that part of the service. Let me stress again, it does not have to be bread and grape juice, it can be water and oat cakes uh, or biscuits, it doesn't matter, just something you can eat and drink when we come to communion. Um, As I mentioned, it's Palm Sunday and some of the children have been making palms to wave later on in the service. Um, But if you uh, haven't got a palm branch, if you've got a scarf or a hanky um, or a tea towel, it doesn't really matter, wave it when we get to that point in the service. Paul is playing music live for us this morning, as are Leo, Elie and Rico, so thank you all. And then later on, we'll be able to sing along with ourselves, with our mics muted, of course, um, to some of the recordings of hymns uh, from past services. Then you'll remember that every Sunday evening just now, the Baptist Union of Scotland is having a short prayer time. Um, and just go online at the Baptist Union of Scotland and you'll find a link on their website, to prayer time at 7 p.m. this uh, Sunday and every Sunday for the foreseeable future. Um, I know it's very hard to keep track of the days just now, but this is Holy Week. And so we've planned a series of short reflections every evening, Monday to Thursday of this week at 7 p.m. Monday to Wednesday, it will just be a 15-minute reflection, and I'll send out an invitation each day in the course of the day to that reflection at 7 p.m. And I promise it will be no longer than 15 minutes. Then on Thursday, Monday, Thursday, we are planning to share communion together again, at, again at 7 p.m. Uh, and again, I'll send out an invitation on Thursday for that service. And then finally on Friday, we're going to stick with our practice of having a vigil between 12 noon and three o'clock. But obviously this will be a Zoom vigil and what we'll do is we'll leave it open right through from 12 noon to 3 o'clock. You can stay with us the whole time. There will be readings and there will be images for us to look at and meditate on. And, uh, and some music as well, perhaps. You're welcome to stay for the whole three hours or to dip in and out at any point in the three hours that you choose to. We'll, although we're online, we'll treat it like a, a real vigil where people come and go or sit quietly through the whole thing. It's entirely in your hands. And again, I'll send out uh, an invitation to that first thing on Friday morning.
1: Thank you, Anne. Uh, So just watch your your inboxes because we'll be sending you lots and lots of links during the week ahead. Great to be together today to worship on Palm Sunday. I did give a lot of very careful thought to what we should do today. Should we do something that's reasonably normal us or should we do something different and I felt very convicted that what we should do is be as normal as possible because for us Palm Sunday is slightly crazy slightly chaotic but very very precious and it's good to to do that um, as close to uh, to normal as possible so um, one of the things we we learned last week that we we discovered a new liturgical response is is my mic working Um, We thought we'd skip that one, if that's okay this week. Um, Just trust that your mic's working, and if it's not, we've got two or three of us who've got secret powers to turn mics on and off, So, so don't worry, we can probably sort it, and we've got standby readers in case of need. So we're going to join first in our opening sentences, which are printed on your service sheet, and if you'd like to join in with the words in italics, then do feel free, but there's no obligation. Jesus is coming. Shout Hosanna. God will save us. Shout Hosanna. Jesus, son of Mary, son of David, son of God. We tell your story and we follow in your footsteps. Lead us into Holy Week. We walk towards the city. We wait in the garden. Lead us onto holy ground we journey towards death, we hope for resurrection, lead us into holy joy. Jesus, Son of David, Son of Mary, Son of God, hear us as we join our voices in prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come,
2: The psalm today is uh, selected verses from Psalm 118, and if you want to join in with the words in italics, um, please do with your mic muted. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever.
3: reading this week comes from Luke chapter 19 verses 29 to 40. Um, As Jesus came near Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives he sent two disciples ahead with these instructions go to the village there ahead of you as you go in you will find a coat tied up that has never been ridden untie it and bring it here if someone asks you why are you untying it Tell them that the master needs it. They went on their way and found everything just as Jesus has told them. They were untying the coat, and its owner said to them, Why are you untying it? The master needs it, they answered, and they took the coat to Jesus. Then they threw their cloaks over the animal and helped Jesus get on. As he rode on, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near Jerusalem, at the place where the road went down the Mount of Olives, a large crowd of his disciples began to thank God and praise him in loud voices for all the great things that they had seen. God bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God. Then some of the Pharisees in the crowd spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, command your disciples to be quiet. Jesus answered, I tell you that if they keep quiet, the stones themselves will start shouting.
1: Our story starts in an amazing place, a happy place, an exciting place. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. And that word that people call out, Hosanna, has come for Christians to be a shout of praise. But actually its original meaning is not so much one of excitement as a cry for God to save. It means something like, God save us, God help us. And as we meet today we have that strange blend of the joy of recalling Jesus riding into Jerusalem and the sadness and the bewilderment of our present situation. So As we cry Hosanna, as we will shortly sing Hosanna, we hold both of those meanings together. You were invited, um, if you were able to, to bring something you could wave. Um, We did have a plan to have a Lent craft group and I did actually um, manage to complete the thing for Palm Sunday. I've now dismantled it and stuck most of it in my window for passers-by to have a look at but i have a kind of um a palm so we are going to sing with ourselves at one of our great favorites at hillhead who spoke words of wisdom and life and and at least in the chorus perhaps we can wave whatever we've got to wave
4: reading follows on from the story in Luke chapter 19. Jesus came closer to the city and when he saw it he wept over it saying if you only knew today what is needed for peace but now you cannot see it the time will come when your enemies will surround you with barricades blockade you and close you in from every side they will completely destroy you And the people within your walls. Not a single stone will they leave in its place. Because you did not recognise the time when God came to save you. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out the merchants. Saying to them, it's written in the scriptures that God said, my temple will be a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a hideout for thieves. Every day. Jesus taught in the temple. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders of the people wanted to kill him, but they could not find a way to do it because all the people kept listening to him, not wanting to miss a single word.
1: I'm told that whenever our Sunday school children are asked to share the things they like best about church in that list somewhere is the bit where katrina throws coins around on palm sunday the mood of the story changes very quickly doesn't it there's that glorious palm sunday and then on the monday there is anger jesus goes into the temple the place which is set aside for everybody to worship god if you're a woman or a child, there are only so far you can go, and if you're foreign, even less. Only the most holy of Jewish males can go right in. But in those outside edges, it's not good. People are selling sheep and birds, people are changing coins, and Jesus gets really angry. things aren't great at the moment are they? There's probably lots that makes us feel quite angry. Perhaps we feel angry about decisions that have been made by people in power. Perhaps we feel angry that things didn't happen sooner. Perhaps we feel angry because we feel powerless. Whatever it is we have to decide what to do with that anger. This is actually a rework of a service we used seven years ago. And at that time, my response on the, what do you do with your anger included things like writing to your MP or signing petitions. I don't think perhaps this is the time for signing petitions or writing to our MPs, unless you want to write to them to encourage them because our MPs, our MSPs Mm -hmm. have a pretty thankless task at the moment, but what do we do with our anger? What do we do with our emotions? This is something we can continue to think about as we go on through Holy Week. Oh, and before music...
2: reading is from John chapter 12 verses 1 to 3 Six days before the Passover Jesus went to Bethany the home of Lazarus the man he had raised from death They prepared a dinner for him there which Martha helped serve Lazarus was one of those who were sitting at the table with Jesus Then Mary took a whole pint of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped them with her hair. The sweet smell of the perfume filled the whole house.
1: This is a really beautiful story. A family who have been through a tough time, finally getting to share a meal with their friend Jesus. Do you remember last week, I told you I got a bit cross with Jesus at the start of their story um, when he delayed coming. Now all is okay. They are enjoying a meal together and in the course of that meal mary does something absolutely amazing she takes a bottle of very expensive perfume um i have a bottle of johnson's baby oil but hey it does for the purposes of today and she pours it out on jesus feet and the smell fills the room oh, what a beautiful thing that she does for him and in the similar stories in the other gospels This human gift of touch. You may or may not know that we have a friend called Rebecca who is a hospital chaplain at Queen Elizabeth. And she and her colleagues are trying to find ways to give hope and support to their patients and perhaps colleagues. So they cannot physically touch, they can't hug them, they can't hold their hands. Um, So we gave her all our palm crosses. something that they can use, plus um, the holding crosses and the rosary that I keep for my, or used to keep for my care home visits. But human touch is very precious. I'm very conscious that I'm not a huggy person and I have lived alone most of my life, so actually it's not hitting me as hard as yet as it is hitting others, but perhaps you feel the need of some touch this morning. And so I'm going to invite you if you've got something that you can use to just treat your hands or maybe to draw a cross on the palm of your hands with oil, with your finger if you have nothing. Um, If you share a home with somebody and you are not having to isolate from them, hold your hand, put your arm around them. This is your moment to remember that you are loved as Mary loved God and as we do so, by the wonders of technology, Katrina is going to, well, the other Katrina uh, is going to sing for us.
5: Next reading is from John 13, it was before Passover and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to return to the Father. He had always loved his followers in this world and he loved them to the very end. During the meal Jesus got up, removed his outer garment and wrapped a towel around his waist. He put some water into a large bowl. Then he began washing his disciples feet and drying them with the towel he was wearing. But when he came to Simon Peter, that disciple asked, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't really know what I am doing, but later you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter replied. If I don't wash you, Jesus told him, You don't really belong to me. Peter said, Lord, don't, ju- don't wash just my feet. Wash my hands and my head. Jesus answered, People who have bathed and are clean all over need to wash just their feet. After Jesus had washed his disciples' feet and had put his outer garment back on, he sat down again. Then he said, Do you understand what I have done? You call me teacher and Lord, and you should, because that is who I am. And if your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you should do the same for each other. I have set the example, and you should do for each other exactly what I have done for you.
1: Thanks. Um, okay, so Jesus now is doing something really strange. He has met with his friends in a room, and nobody's thought to do the sort of greeting thing and wash his feet. So he gets down on the floor, he kneels down. He takes the place of a servant and he washes Peter's feet. This is another beautiful tactile image, but it's one that we get a little bit twitchy about. This time last year um, on Maundy Thursday, Roger Sturrock and I shared in an evening service where he anointed and I washed feet. Roger had a steady queue. I had one person. And, you know, it was the most beautiful experience as I knelt at the feet of a woman who I guess is probably in her 70s. Who described her feet as ugly. They weren't ugly. They were just the feet of a woman in her 70s. But what a privilege to wash her feet. To kneel and to take the place of Jesus. To do that for her. And I guess one of the things that for many of us is going through our minds at the moment is where do we sit in that story? Are we the one whose feet Jesus washes? Are we the one who need to allow God to serve us, to help us through our neighbours and our friends? Or are we the ones to be Jesus? Are we the ones to kneel down? And do those, those jobs that are an amazing privilege. To earn, run an errand for a prescription. To queue the right distance in the line outside the supermarket. What does it mean for us to be like Jesus or to allow Jesus to serve us at this time? We're going to ponder those thoughts a little bit more as we listen to some music. And so we move on again in the story. We are now in our mind's eye in the Thursday. And so if you do have uh, something to eat and something to drink, now would be a good time to get those ready. I'm using orange juice. Um, Some of you may know I didn't until the Baptist Assembly a couple of years ago. But in Nepal, they use orange juice can't get grapes apparently in Nepal so they use orange juice and they pour it into each other's mouths from teapots. I'm not going to try that one this morning and I'm using some crackers. Um, if I've, I've, I've been a bit more organized I would have got myself do my essential shopping and found some some matzos or mozzas depending how you choose to say it but some crackers which are probably closer to what Jesus had. And so we're going to hear the story and woven through that story we will share together. Jesus said to Peter and John, go and prepare the Passover meal for us to eat. But they asked, why do you want us to prepare it? Jesus said, as you go into the city, you will see a man carrying a jar of water. Follow him to the house and say to the owner, Our teacher wants to know where he can eat the Passover meal with his friends. The owner will take you upstairs and show you a large room ready for you to use. Prepare the meal there. Peter and John left. They found everything just as Jesus had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. When the time came for Jesus and the apostles to eat, he said to them, I very much wanted to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. The Passover is an amazing family meal shared by Jews to this day. A time to look back and recall God's faithfulness in a difficult time. A time to remember those who have gone before us in faith. And so, as has more recently become our practice here at Hillhead, We pause as we prepare to share in our token meal and remember with gratitude before God those who've recently died, who are known to us, and those whose anniversaries of death are around this time. Slightly belatedly we think of Sylvia and her family following the death of her stepfather earlier this year. And especially we think of Lilius and her family following the death of her little sister Joyce this week. And we remember how can we not those who this week have said farewell to a loved one not as they would wish to have done but perhaps alone with a priest, an imam or a celebrant. May our memories and their memories be a source of comfort and God's promises renew our hope. During the meal, Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks, he broke it and he handed it to his followers and he said, this represents my body, my body which is given for you. Eat it as a way of remembering me. And so let us together eat and remember Jesus. And at the end of the meal, he took a cup of wine in his hands. And he said, this represents my blood, which will be poured out for you. And with this, God makes a new agreement. This is one of those rare moments when being Baptist is just so helpful because we're used to taking our glasses and drinking together rather than all having to queue up for one glass. So let's drink together as a symbol of the truth that though we are apart, yet we are still one. The story continues.
6: Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives, as he often did, and his disciples went with him. When they got there, he told them, Pray that you won't be tested. Jesus walked on a little way before he knelt down and prayed Father, if you will, please don't make me suffer by having me drink from this cup, but do what you want. And not what I want.
1: In the darkness of the night, with a heavy heart and fearful of what lay ahead, Jesus came to God in prayer. And so will we. If it's helpful, you may like to hold your hands in a cup as if you are offering things to God or to clasp them or just to have them in your lap. Whatever is natural and comfortable for you. The writer of the fourth gospel suggests that Jesus began by praying for himself, and so will we. In a few moments of silence, we bring to God the thoughts and feelings that occupy our hearts and minds, knowing that God cannot be shocked by our words, and that God will draw us near as we pray. From our own fellowship, we name before God, our children and young people and those who lead them. Christine, our mission partner in France. Nicola and the children on Butte. Adi and Mouji and their family. Ali, Elham and their family. Nasi, Sal and their family. Lilias, And Pamela, who is staying with her at this time, and her extended family. Marit and Tom. And Alan. Parent God, you know the needs of those we have named. Hold them safe in your arms, we pray. Jesus moved on to pray for his friends. And so will we. The Baptist Union of Scotland invite us to pray this week for Jared Meenan and Jim Meaghan who serve as hospital chaplains in Aberdeen and in Glasgow Hospital for Sick Children and also for the church communities in Coatbridge, Collideen and Cornton. Christ our friend, You know the needs of those we have named. Hold them safe in your arms, we pray. And then lastly, Jesus looked outwards and onwards to those he had never met and would never meet in the flesh. Yet whom God loves with an everlasting love. And so will we. BMS World Mission invite us this week to pray for all who face persecution. Those who flee their homes as religious refugees or asylum seekers. Those trapped in poverty or by unjust systems. Those whose health, physical or mental, is impacted by circumstances they cannot control. They ask also that God gives wisdom to all who serve those who are among the most marginalised people groups and peoples of this planet. As part of a global community affected by the coronavirus pandemic, by the consequences of climate change, violence and corruption, we too pray for wisdom and compassion. Spirit of God, you who travel unrestricted across the face of the earth, touch with healing those for whom we pray. Triune God, creating, redeeming and sustaining, hold our precious earthly home safe in your embrace, we pray.
7: Amen.
6: Jesus rose from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them asleep, worn out by grief. Are you sleeping, he said. Rise and pray that you may be spared the test. While he was still speaking, a crowd appeared, led by Judas, one of the twelve. He came up to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Then they arrested Jesus and led him away. They brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed at a distance.
1: And so we have travelled a long way this morning. Jesus has shown us happiness and anger. His hands have been gentle and serving and have prayed. But now he's alone. His friends run away, frightened that they too might be arrested. He goes away. His hands metaphorically, if not literally, tied. The story will carry on, but as our time together draws to a close, we may choose to join a coffee group after the music, or we may choose to leave simply in silence and say nothing. Because our hands are also tied. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>